the U.S. men's national team is gearing up for their second game of the 2013 Gold Cup against Cuba on Saturday night. This is the SBI Show. I am Gary Cleverly. As always with me is Ivis Galarsep. What's happening? Gary, what's going on, man? I hope you're feeling better. I uh, heard you were a little under the weather. Yeah, we, we, had a, we had a haboob, a dust storm. They're called, that's what they're called, haboobs. And we had one the other day. And I tried to race home before it overtook the city, but... Uh, I guess I got sick and had some sinuses yesterday. So that reason why we didn't have a show last night. Either. Wow, that's I'm pretty sure that's that's the, the plot of a movie. I can't I can't remember which movie. I think it's one of those. What uh, a guy gets a sinus infection and is sick and he can't do no, his job. No, the whole dust storm overcoming a city. <laughs> oh, it's wild, man! You should see them out here. It's like you, you, you've seen the movie The Mummy. You know yeah. the one, Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. It's it's like like the scene when like the plane's trying to outrun the dust storm. I mean, that's what it looks like. It's like a wall of just like dust. Like, I mean, dude, it's 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 insane how high it is and just how fast engulfs the city. It's it's insane. But we don't need to talk about Arizona, Arizona geography because Ivis people came here to obviously hear us talk about the American soccer game. Tons to talk about. We'll talk obviously uh, MLS and the games are going on this weekend. All star game in Portland. Possible Clint Dempsey rumors. Other Americans abroad. Uh, but the biggest news right now is clearly the Gold Cup. The U.S. with a... Outs- oh. I'm sorry? The clear, the biggest news is the fact that this is actually show number 50 for the SBI Oh, show. yeah, I guess, I I guess know, it I is. I don't know if you knew that. I, well, you know, I'm not... I guess I guess I didn't pay attention. You know, I assume this show's going to last forever, so I, I just didn't worry about numbers. Well, it's a landmark, you know. I think it's... Uh, I think we... The fact that we were able to get, get, rattle off 50 shows is uh, at... In the, this faster rate, I think I think we gotta we gotta give ourselves a little pat on the back for that. One. Well, the fact that I lasted forty nine shows is that that is impressive enough. <laughs> I don't know if you were on for all forty nine. I think I think you were only forty eight. I think I did at least one solo. Oh uh, yeah, you did that one solo show, which we don't need to talk about. <laughs> hey, that was a, that's a that's like a collector's item, dude. That's this, uh, you know this this guy over here like is texting me like how do I how do I produce it how do I mix down this music and all this stuff. It was so funny. It's a cold classic now. We're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna have to re- revisit that at some point. Yeah, it'll be like the uh, like the Star Wars Christmas special. You know, it's it's gonna be rare. Only the original people have seen it. <laughs> nice. All right, Ivis. Well, the, clearly the big. Okay, yes, that is big news. That run 50 shows, and once again, everyone, we thank you for the support. Uh, the U.S. impressive uh, opening victory against Belize. Well, okay, well, I, whatever. I mean, Belize is whatever. But the U.S. is taking on Cuba, which might. I don't know if they're gonna offer a tougher challenge. But Ivis, uh, you know, preview the game for us. What should we expect out of Cuba? Well, I got to say, anyone that saw their opener against Costa Rica uh, couldn't come uh, away too impressed. They just didn't offer much of a threat. Uh, they showed a little defensively in the in the first half. They obviously kept Costa Rica off the scoreboard in the first half of that game. But um, offensively, though, they they just didn't do much. And uh, you know, it, you really get a sense they're they're probably going to do. It's going to be a similar approach, I think, to Belize. You know, they're going to bunker in. They're going to pack numbers back and and really try to maybe try to get something on the counter. Uh, but as far as a real threat, I, I, I don't know if anyone should be too worried about this Cuba team posing a real challenge uh, to the U.S. Well, for the U.S., uh, I mean, one, they're not going to be on turf. Are, are we going to see certain players back like Hercules Gomez on Yewu? Are, are we going to see changes in the lineup? I, th- I think that's fair to say. You're going to see uh, – I would I, I would be surprised if you don't see Gomez. Uh, I think you'll see on Yewu. Um, I think Holden starts, Stuart Holden. and uh, For who? Uh, I'd say Discrude. I think I said that last year. You know, he he went ninety, uh, and you know, you you want to spread numbers, spread minutes out a bit. So you, I think you give him the sh- give him the nod. So Corona and Torres, you think will be in the starting eleven again? 
Uh, that's a tough one. You know, it's, I, I think Bedoya is someone who is Bedoya and or Breck Shea are guys who you could, who, you know, you could want to give minutes to, but at the same time, the question is, is, is Jurgen looking toward the, the third game against Costa Rica? Does he want to have his best, best lineup ready for that game? So, um, I think either way, you want to mix it up a bit minutes-wise. So I think we could see quite a few changes to the lineup. So it wouldn't shock me at all if you see Shea and Bedoya step in and uh, you know help help spread the minutes around, help uh, allow Klinsman a chance to look at them before you get into the Costa Rica game, and then the knockout rounds. Um, I mean, you could also see the back. I mean, the back line on Yehu I think comes in for Michael Orozco. Uh and I and I think it's a possibility. I said it last year. Tony Beltran for Parkhurst. It's an option, I think, just because, you know, like I think Parker's is the guy for the knockout rounds, no question. But, you know, do you want to have him play all these games all the way into the knockout rounds? So I could see Beltran getting the nod at right back. And then for the U.S., what are they going to have to do against Cuba? And like you said, I mean, I think if everyone saw the game against Costa Rica, they didn't really offer much. I mean, they had a couple shots in the game, but they were outside the outside of the 18. So nothing really on net. But for the U.S., what do they need to do? to uh, ensure that they can, you know, easily defeat Cuba? Because obviously, I mean, one, they should defeat Cuba, but I mean, you don't want to take international games lightly regardless of who you're playing. Right. I mean, they, they're they supposed to be better than Belize, right? I mean, they won the Caribbean Championship, the Caribbean Tournament. Uh, so, so, you know, we shouldn't necessarily assume because they look awful against Costa Rica that that's just their level. Uh, they do have some speed. You know, you have to give them, you know, you have to give them some credit. They, they do have some guys who can... Who can uh, some guys with a little pace that that'll you know create some challenges if you allow them to, and for that reason I think um, I, I, th- I don't I don't know if it's going to be as dominant a performance against Belize because Belize just didn't cross the midfield stripe it seemed uh, for most of that match I think Cuba will get out a little more into the counter and 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 have a, a few more looks I think but even with that I still think the U S is just too good. I just think that, you know, they, they, there's a lot of confidence there. You're going to have, Do- I would imagine Donovan starts. And if you have Donovan and Stuart Holden as your, as your starting points, I don't know about Wondolowski. That's going to be an inter- interesting decision for Klinsman. Does he go with the hot hand, uh, keep that confidence going, or does he go with Hercules Gomez, who, you know, when he's healthy, let's face it, he's the guy. He's your starter. Uh, so that's that's another one. I mean, if, he, if, if Gomez, if for whatever reason Gomez is not yet 100%, then you absolutely should start Wondolowski again. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, he scored a hat trick, first half, first half hat trick, four goals in two games, playing with confidence. Um, so I think you could see Wondolowski again. I and, and I would say this: big key, and, and as it was against Belize, mm-hmm. is providing is getting service from the wings. Um, they're, if they're going to bunker in, you got to be able to send send some balls in and, and and put them home. And I think. Even if they make the changes that, that I mentioned before, if they, if they go with Breck Shea, Alejandro Bedoya on the wings, those guys have to get the ball, the, the, the crosses in, get in dangerous crosses in. And, um, you know, that that's going to be the challenge. What's your uh, prediction for the game? I'm going to go, I'm going to go 4 4 nil, 4 nil. Okay, I'll go uh, 5-1. I have some big news also coming out of the Gold Cup that's uh, not the most positive thing in the world. There's reports coming out that there is a a man who approached some Belize players and and asked them to, you know, fix the game. You know, there's there's a little bit of a match-fixing scandal right here. Um, I mean, Ivis, what's the latest on this front? Well, CONCACAF put out a statement uh, late uh, Thursday evening acknowledging it and uh, acknowledging the fact that they, they you know there were there was an attempt to, to bribe a couple of players from Belize into into uh, fixing the match and, and 
I, I do I do want to clarify some things here because it does seem like there's a, there are a few people, there are some people out there who aren't quite understanding what happened, what is going on now. Uh, in no way has anybody, including the Belize players, implicated the U.S. national team or anyone at U.S. soccer. Uh, it's pretty clear to anyone who kind of follows international soccer that, you know, what this is about. This is about gambling, gambling rings. Uh, it's a serious issue in international soccer where you have, you know, crime syndicates which, you know, run gambling rings. And you see a lot of money wagered on international soccer games. So because of that, because there's this entire subculture of international gambling, uh, you have attempts to fix matches. And it's, it has nothing to do, it's not about the U.S., no one in U.S. No one in U.S. soccer. It's happened in Canada recently with, with some of their leagues. Oh, I didn't even get into that. Talking about international games. Um, there's this whole, there's this international thing that's, it's been, it's happened, it, 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 there's been cases before. And basically what it boils down to is, and I know people, some people don't get it. They think, why in the heck would anyone Feel I feel like they would want to fix a match. Uh, it get, it gets more comp- complicated than just okay. We need you to lose. It's not it's not always that. I mean, in some cases, you know, people can bet on the score of a game or when a goal will come. I mean, there's all sorts of wagering that can go on. And if you're and if you're a gambling you know syndicate and you can uh, buy players and get them to do what you want them to do to manipulate the outcomes. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made there. Uh, and and that's what these you know these crime syndicates. Uh, they, this is what they do. You know they find the they find first they find games where you know something like this can kind of go under the radar because let's face it, the U.S. is supposed to crush Belize, right? So that's a perfect example of a game where you know if you if if you know you if you're this if you're a crime boss and you say all right this is a game I can adjust things and put in the right bet make hundreds of thousands millions whatever it is. Um, so that's pretty much what it looks like happened here. You know, they targeted this game. They figured, you know, Belize players might be willing to take some money because, let's face it, they probably don't get that much money uh, for playing for the Belize team. And that's what happened. Apparently, they were offered the, the players were offered ten thousand uh, pounds, which you know, like fifteen thousand dollars, whatever it is, thousands of dollars to to you know throw a game that they probably weren't going to win anyway. And you got to give credit to these players, yeah. Just for a not taking it, obviously, and B for stepping up. And, and, I mean, because that's you know, let's face it, that's a brave, that's a brave move because you don't know who these people are, you don't know what the background is, and and it's a you know, you're taking a chance there. And, and but credit to them, they've stepped forward. Uh, apparently, the person has been identified, uh, or, or well, at least they have a visual idea of the person uh, with you know, Concacaf. Uh, they're working with uh, with authorities on that uh, on it on this case, and it's it's huge because uh, the more the more of a light you shine on this kind of stuff, the the tougher it makes these pe- tougher it makes it for these people who who do this to to keep trying to do it because they you know it it just makes it clear that there's a lot more risk involved and that you know you're not just you're not going to get away scot free with this stuff and that there is that possibility of getting arrested, of getting caught. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we need because the, the more you have that, the less of a chance that this is something that players are going to have to deal with and less of a chance that you're going to have matches that are fixed. And like you said, I mean, the U.S. is supposed to defeat, defeat Belize. I mean, if these players didn't say anything, I mean, would we have looked at the score any different if it was 5-1, 6-1, 7-1? No, no not probably not. That's, exactly. And that's, why, that's probably why it was picked. That's why the gamblers picked yeah. this... Uh, you know that's why they picked the game. That's why, and that's why they targeted these guys. 
Um, but again, I, I, I don't know. I, I was just surprised by some of the reactions among American American fans, and I think they just really took it the wrong way. You know, I think I, I think the initial reaction for some was that they thought the Belize players were trying to claim that U.S. the U.S. national team tried to bribe them, but that was never it. That's never it at all, right? I mean, it, it's not about that. I mean, there is obviously already. Uh, a trail of this stuff like as far as examples there are stories that have come out uh interpol recently you know earlier in the year came out with this all this information about these elaborate multi-million dollar gambling rings that operate in this kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. you know it's an unfortunate side of the of the sport but again you have to applaud these guys and it's funny one of the players in question uh, ian gainer actually scored the goal for Belize. So, I mean, there you go. Clearly, he not only not only did he say, you know what, I'm not taking the money, he went out and he scored a goal. So you got to stand up and applaud the guy. And uh, I, it's kind of fitting. His nickname apparently is YOLO. And I guess there you go. He only he only lives once and he, he did the right thing and he got a, he went out there and scored a goal. So credit to him and, and hopefully CONCACAF catches these guys and, and, and helps keep this stuff out of the game. Uh, Ivis, in the rest of the Gold Cup news, Canada, Will Johnson lists, uh, lost to Mexico. Uh, Panama w- wins again, so they're, they're on top of their group. But, I mean, the biggest news right now, I think, is the, the, the Canada and, and just how poorly they've done so far. Well, let's face it, that's not really news. I don't know if anyone's that shocked. Um, if anything, the, the whole Mexico thing is, is probably the bigger news. The fact that their manager, Chepo De La Torre, is... is 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 coaching for his job these days. I mean, if they had lost that game or even tied that game, he might have been fired the next day. Absolutely. And and it's gotten to that point now where Mexico Mexico has, has had such a bad run of results now in multiple competitions, multiple age groups. Uh, they're in a serious funk. And, you know, who knows if this is the game to turn it around for them. I know that obviously it wasn't the prettiest game and you had the diving to get a penalty and all that stuff. But the fact is it's a result. They get a win and, you know, maybe this could be the start of a turnaround for Mexico. They absolutely need it because their their coach, man, their coach doesn't have much longer to go. If he, uh, if he, I think if he doesn't win this tournament, actually, you know what, if he gets to the final, I think he'll make it into qualifying at least in September, but if Mexico does not beat Honduras in September in that qualifier at Azteca, they will have. I think I personally think they will have a new manager, a new head coach by the time they go to Columbus for the USA Mexico. Really, I think it's. I, hey, listen, if they don't win at home again, mm-hmm. if they drop points at home again, they're in trouble. They're absolutely in. It's panic mode time because then you go in into the U.S. Where you haven't won a qualifier in in since the '90s, uh, having to get a win really. So I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think they would. I think the Mexican Federation absolutely would pull the trigger. That said, though, man, I think you know what? I think for all the, I don't know. I, I just think the full Mexican team when they get to Azteca, and I know they haven't scored a goal in three qualifiers at Azteca. Why would you think they're going to change and do anything differently? I think when it with the pressures on, I think they're going to come through. I think they're going to beat Honduras. But if they don't, it is going to be it's just going to be a disaster. It's going to be it, there's going to, heads going to roll, uh, and it's going to be great for for the U.S. team because then you have all of a sudden the Mexican team in turmoil, heading out to heading out to Columbus where they haven't won in forever, and where the U.S. the face it, the U.S. team are are, are riding high right now. They, you know they're on a roll. They're playing with confidence. Uh, even the B team's playing with confidence, so you know it, it's it's good. It's a good time right now, and it just shows you how quickly 
fortunes can change. Because a year ago, when the when Mexico won the Olympics, and two years ago when they won the Gold Cup and beat the U.S., all you heard about was Mexico is they're hitting their golden generation. They're going to be a world power now. And I I bought into it too. You know, I thought I thought Mexico was was about to go on this amazing run. I thought they had the players. I thought they were playing quality soccer. I thought they were gonna. You know what? I thought they were gonna go on this dominating run. And clearly, the wheels have fallen off on that. And uh, for U.S. fans, I'm sure it's got to be some great entertainment because we all know about that rivalry and, and what it means. Yeah. Well, I didn't buy into it. I just want to let you know that I just. <laughs> okay. No, I, I so did. I, for, I was a while where I was just like, oh, man, Mexico is going to be unbelievable coming up here. Um, but the rest of the Gold Cup, uh, that continues. There are some games tonight, Friday. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have Group B's playing their games, and then tomorrow, Group C with the U.S., they're going to be playing their games, too. So, you know, always check uh, the website, soccerbyivis.net, for your latest uh, U.S. men's national news and also Gold Cup news. Ivis is doing an excellent job with the uh, with the Gold Cup. On, on bigger U.S. men's national team news on, on, on that front, Ivis, there's some rumors coming out of London that Clint Dempsey may be on the move. What's the status with that right now? Well, we have nothing confirmed, nothing concrete, but there have been reports out of England, and we all know it's a silly season, so you you always have to take things with a grain of salt. But there have been multiple reports claiming that that Clint Dempsey is is on the list of players that Tottenham is is ready, willing, and able to to part ways with. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it it's not a huge surprise if this turns out to be true, because let's face it, uh, you know. Tottenham did not make it to the Champions League, and that was a big blow for them. And it's clear that they are intent on revamping their squad and making up that difference and getting into the top four. They've already bought Paulinho, the Brazilian midfielder, who's, who was amazing in the Confederations Cup. They, they're ready to spend even more money uh, to go get uh, a big money forward. Christian Benteke someone that's been identified. Uh, Leandro Damiao, another Brazilian player. You know, has also been identified. So clearly, Tottenham's looking to spend money. They're looking to revamp the roster. They're getting younger, and Dempsey could end up being the odd man out in that regard. And Tottenham's—they're dumping a bunch of players. They—they they already got rid of Huddlestone, David Bentley. They're probably going to—they're going to get rid of Scott Parker. They're probably getting rid of Jermaine Defoe, Adam, Emmanuel Adebayor. They're cleaning house, right? Now that being said. I don't know if it's a guarantee that Dempsey leaves. I think I think they're open to it, but they're not going to give the guy away because, uh, let's face it, as much as I know some people try to say he had a bad year, I thought he did really well for them. What did, uh, what did know, people expect? He, was, he wasn't the man. I know. I mean, it it is what it is, right? It is, people don't, don't grasp – some people don't grasp the fact that, you know what, when you go from a smaller team – to a bigger team, a much bigger team, you're gonna, it, you're not gonna produce the same. You're gonna have a different role. You're gonna be around better players that you're gonna have to share minutes with. So whatever. The fact is, he did well. So I don't think they're gonna give him away. But I'm, it does sound like they're open to listening to offers. So if someone comes in with a, a good size offer and 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 there's also a place he actually wants to go, I can see Dempsey making a move. Uh, but having said that, if you're Dempsey, right, and Champions League is your goal. Uh, now you have to think about the fact that okay, even if you're not sold this year, what's the chances that what are the is there a guarantee you're going to be around even next year, even if Tottenham does make it to the Champions League? So now you have to start considering what you want to do if you're Clint Dempsey, and if the Champions League is your ultimate goal and what you absolutely have to do, then maybe you think about going to another league, another country, uh, and joining a team that's already qualified, and then you step right in and play the Champions League. Um, obviously, that's easier said than done. I mean, you know, you're not going to just walk into Champions League teams for, for for the top leagues in Europe. But 
I mean, obviously there's smaller leagues that you can maybe join the top teams of. Well, you could but, do that uh, if you like went to like a team at the Faroe Islands or like Estonia or something like that. Really? <laughs> Come on. But anyway, so it, it, that's the thing, right? So I, I, I don't. I, it's up to Dempsey, right? I mean, if he if he is okay with a diminished role with the staying this year and not playing in Champions League, and then not having a guarantee next year where of where he'll be. Uh, that's the question. That's the question right now. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if every, <clears throat> I don't know if people should throw away their top, their ton of Clem Dempsey jerseys just yet. Uh, I do think that if he does move, I think he's going to move somewhere that wants him and someone somewhere where they really see him playing a role because you're going to have to spend money to get him. Well, I, mean, what I don't do think you, they're going to give him away. Well, what do you think that is? I mean, if, if, if you were to pick out the best situation for him, if, if he did make a move, I know this is all just speculation, but what do you think would be the best for him? Stay in England? Go to Italy? Go to France? Well, it's, it depends on what he wants, right? If he's still holding on to this Champions League dream, it makes things a lot tougher because, all right, you're not, you're not, none of the, you're not going to go to one of the top teams that's in England right now, that that's that's playing, that's set to play in Champions League. So then you have to keep going around the list. Spain's never really been a team, a, a league where there's been interest in him. France is is a possibility, from what I understand, as far as or just based on the past. Teams that have been interested in the past, maybe France is an option. Uh, you know, Italy is another possibility. I would imagine. You know, I mean, he's done well against Italian teams before. He scored against Italy, obviously. So, you know, th- that's just some possibilities if you think about. It. But again, if you're talking about Italy and Champions League, I mean, those teams are pretty stacked already, right? So, I mean, are they going to want to bring in uh, a 30 year old American player? That's it's tough. You know, it's it, that's what it boils down to. Clint Dempsey has to make a decision. What 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 is the most important thing to him? Is it really chasing the Champions League and maybe because of that you're going around Europe and trying to find a place, <clears throat> or is it finding a place in England where he you know where he wants to where he can be the man, or does he stay put and and stay on as a squad player and hopefully build on last year and hopefully impress Andres Villarreal's boss enough to to not only get minutes this year but be someone. Worth bringing back next year when, when if you're Tottenham, you're hoping you're in the Champions League. One possibility that people might want to think about, um, and it's not anything that I've seen reported yet, but if it makes you wonder, is Sunderland. Uh, obviously, Sunderland just bought Josie Altidore. They have a billionaire owner. They have the money to spend. They need help in their attack. Is is that a team that, A, would be interested in Dempsey? I think they would. And B, is it a team that he would be interested in going to? Obviously, if you're Sunderland, you're talking to Sunderland, they're not a Champions League team. So that and, and you're also talking about moving to a different part of, of England. You know, Dempsey's been in been in London uh, his whole time there. So that, that, that that's the things he's going to have to consider as well. And, uh, you know, there's also Liverpool as a possibility, just in the sense that they were interested last year. They made a, a low ball offer, but there was interest there. So that, that's, an, you know, that's another one that makes you wonder, you know, would, would that be a place that he would want to move to? So it's definitely interesting to see where Clint Dempsey winds up. I just don't know if we should already assume that he's, that there's no chance he comes back. I personally think there is a chance that he stays with Tottenham. If, if Suarez isn't at Liverpool, then I hope that doesn't happen. I, I wanted last year to see Suarez and Dempsey together. I thought that would have been so cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it could happen. I mean, even if Dom, even if Suarez stays, I mean, I don't, I don't think that would keep them from considering going to buy, going to buy Dempsey. That is true. That is true. Ivis, let's uh, let's bring this conversation back stateside. Uh, lots of MLS games 
going on this weekend. Some big clashes, especially when you look at it. I mean, you got the East and the West. You have top teams playing against each other. I mean, huge game. New York Red Bulls taking on the Montreal Impact. Uh, that one's going to be in New Jersey. This is the third time these teams have uh, met this season. I mean, each team getting a victory in the previous uh, meetings. Ivis, what do you what do you expect out of this game for 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 both teams? Well, Montreal comes in and they're a mess, right? Defensively, they've been absolute shambles. They've given up seven goals in two games. Uh, well, they had, they did have the 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 one one game uh, recently, but they just haven't looked that great defensively. And now they go to New York. They haven't been necessarily the greatest home team. I mean, the greatest road team. The Red Bulls are definitely a much better team at home. I think Terry Henry could have a big game, and I think the Red Bulls could really put a beating on Montreal if they don't get their defensive issues in order. I mean, obviously, Chivas USA, they only allowed a goal, but it's Chivas USA, a team that really isn't looking to attack. The Red Bulls are absolutely going to look to attack, and they're going to look to go after those center backs, that back line that has been struggling for the past few games. So, I think it's gonna. Be, you know what? It's it's a good Eastern Conference battle, but I think the Red Bulls. You got to give them the edge, uh, just because of their form at home and just and, and Montreal struggles defensively. And then in the West, you have the one and number two teams taking on each other: Real Salt Lake and FC Dallas. Uh, both teams are going to be out without some players. Excuse me. Actually, well, one FC Dallas has tons of injuries, but they look like they're going to get George John back. But Blas Perez is out, and then RSL. I mean, you have your usual guys out. I mean, Kyle Beckerman, Tony Beltran, Nick Armando. Um, uh, 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 Sabario. So, I mean, both teams missing a lot of players. So, we're going to see a lot of uh, maybe you know guys who usually aren't in the starting eleven competing in this game uh, for that top top spot in the West. Ivis. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still going to be a good matchup, even with all the players missing. I mean, Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake has already shown that their bench is quality, and they can, and they can bring bring guys on that can do the job. So, uh, uh, you know, the question is, can that group go on the road now and win in Dallas? And Dallas, you know. Dallas is in a slump right now. They they haven't won in six matches, but it's not as if they've been playing absolutely horribly. I mean, there's been some games where I thought they played well, but they did get the result. Uh, getting George John back is is big. It's really big for them, and and I think provides a boost. And I actually like Dallas' chances in this game because of that. Because I think he, having him back and and the fact that Salt Lake is missing the players that they're missing, I think it's going to be asking a little much to have them go into into Frisco and get a win there. I think Dallas halts their losing streak or their winless streak, and I think they get back on track with a win, with I, a big win. I have to agree. With, I think FC Dallas will also uh, – it saddens me to say that, Ivis, but I, I think they'll win. There you go. <laughs> Portland Timbers are going to be taking on the LA Galaxy. They're also in the thick of things in the playoff race. You're going to see a lot of shifting after this weekend. But for this game, though, Ivis, uh, Portland, I mean, their 15-game unbeaten streak ended, so they're going to be looking to get their streak back. Uh, is this a game where they, where they they get that winning streak – I'm sorry, the unbeaten streak uh, back in order? Well, I'll tell you what, LA's a tough team, and I think that the the week they had last week, winning two games and kind of getting some of that confidence back, makes them a dangerous team now, going up to Portland. And look, the Timbers are tough at home, right? No question about it. The atmosphere is amazing, gives them a lot of support. But, you know, with them missing Will Johnson and with them missing Rodney Wallace, I mean, that's two big blows for them. And I know they have, they still, I mean, they're still a good team, right? I mean, even even with the loss to Columbus, you know, I, they played down a man for most of the match and actually still, I thought, for the course of the 90, had the better of the play pretty clearly. Uh, but they still couldn't find the net, couldn't break through. Columbus got the win. Give all the credit to the crew. Portland, I think, you know, it's a tough one. L.A.'s missing Donovan, but they have, I think they have, their bench is going to be okay. Uh, I tell you what, I'll give Portland the edge in this one. I think Caleb Porter 
is going to find a, a way to, to neutralize uh, Robbie Keane. And they did that in the last time. They, they did that. Actually, they did that in L.A. when these teams met a few weeks ago. Uh, the tough part for, for Portland uh, is Pa Muduka, the center back who helped shut down Robbie Keane, is suspended. He got the red card against the crew. But it's going to be up to either Footy Danzo or Andrew Jean-Baptiste, one of them to, or all of them, the entire back line, to contain Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane has been playing amazingly the last few weeks. He's really stepped it up. Actually, since the Portland game, he's really turned it up a few notches. Uh, so I think this is going to this could be one of the games of the year. I'm going to give the edge to Portland. I just think you know coming back home after that loss, they're going to be out to out out to get back on track. Well, and, and the thing that I find just interesting is Portland did go on that 15 game unbeaten streak, Ivis. But when you look at where they are right now in the Western Conference, they're sitting at number four with 30 points. The Galaxy, who seem to have more of a roller coaster type season, even the Vancouver Whitecaps are right there next to them. So as a Portland fan, I mean, with with all those draws that they saw, I mean, they're going to hope that they're going to get some W's here coming up soon. Well, let's face it, right? I mean, they, they it's easy to forget when you hit, when you see that streak and you hear about that streak and everyone's talking about the streak. People just forget the fact that, you know what, this team is was a work in progress going into this, right? They're a team that was learning how to play together, a lot of new faces. So, I mean, it's it's a team that's going to get better. I mean, they they played pretty well. They've uh, clearly they they've had some really good games. Uh, they, they're they're one one of the most well organized teams around. But they're going to. I think the second half of the season they're going to get better as they as the the familiarity grows. And I think if anything, this these games now with they're missing the guys you know missing the likes of Will Johnson, Rodney Wallace for the Gold Cup. I think it's only going to help their depth and Freddie Pequon as well, Picayune or however they want to say it. Freddie Pequune, that's three guys right there that they're missing who've been getting major minutes. Only going to help their bench develop, and uh, I tell you what, man, I, I think they, they, Portland, when they get those guys back, second half of the season, I think they're going to start turning some of those ties into wins. Uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps are going to be taking on the Chicago Fire. The Fire had their uh, unbeaten streak ended. They were brought down a little bit by Sporting Kansas City. Mike McGee did score in that game, but at the same time, Ivis Vancouver is playing really well right now. What do you see in this game? Uh, that's a tough one. It's uh. Two of the hottest players in the league right now, and uh, Mike McGee and Camillo Sanvezo. Uh, the Whitecaps at home, though, that, that's a tough one. It's tough to bet against them. Um, you know, they, their recent run, it's, and it's not just Camillo. I mean, I know he's been scoring the goals, but Kenny Miller's been playing really well. Uh, I think their defense has come together and been pretty solid. Brad Knighton, obviously, has, you know, stepped it up and taken hold of the starting job there. So, you know. I, I got to give them the nod, even though, listen, Chicago has played really well. And ever since McGee, Mike McGee and, and, and Bakari Samari got there, they've been playing on a different level. Uh, but, again, it's going on the road against a team that's as hot as Vancouver is. Uh, you, you have to kind of you have to give the nod to Vancouver in a close one. It'll be a great game, but I think Vancouver uh, gets the edge. In a Eastern Conference showdown, the Houston Dynamo are heading up to the New England area to take on the Revolution, well, excuse me, the Boston area, to take on the Revolution. Uh, I mean, Houston got their first victory last week over the Philadelphia Union, first one since May 8th. I mean, they really needed those three points to stay in the thick of things in the playoff race. New England Revolution, they won last week. They're also back in the uh, thick of things in the playoff race. What do you expect? I mean, these two teams, Ivis, could be competing for those fourth and fifth spots in the in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference at the end of the season. Well, they definitely, I think they definitely will be. And, uh, you know, the key for Houston is, I mean, they, they, they needed that win, without a doubt. And I think having Oscar Bonilla Garcia back was big for them. And I thought Ricardo Clark was big for them in that game. Even aside from the goal, I just thought he was, you know, he was more aggressive, more involved in the attack. 
they showed more signs of life offensively, which considering they didn't have Brad Davis or Will Bruin, is definitely positive. Uh, now, having said that, it's a much different uh, it's a much different task going up to New England and and trying to get goals against that Revs team. That's sh- that Revs defense is just is the, been the best defense in the league, and, and getting a goal up there is not going to be easy. So, I really like New England's chances in this one. You know, I think they, you know, they they, they put together such a strong run uh, defensively. Uh, you know, led by Jose Gonzalez, who's you know SBI's uh, our midseason defender of the year. Uh, just a dominant force there. I, I think Houston's going to have a tough time, and I think New England, their attack is starting to get going. Sire Sen, obviously, he looks he stepped it up the last game. He looks like he's ready to really take charge there in the absence of Juan Agudelo. So I think I, I like New England. I think New England's going to win that one. I just, uh, I, I got to give you some props for a prediction you had in the last show. Do you know what that was? I have no idea. You accurately predicted that Portland was going to get the All-Star game. So congratulations. The 2014, excuse me, All-Star game. I didn't. I didn't even remember that. You said that. I, I, I said there was big news in Portland. What's going on? And you were like, well, you know, when the mayor and the commissioner oh. and blah, blah, blah <laughs> get together, you know what that means. It's All-Star. That's, it was something like that. No. Well, you know what? I'll take the credit, but I tell you what. Everyone knew that was coming. I mean, I think. I mean, Mayor Paulson let the cat out of the bag a few months earlier with that one. And you know what? It's great. It's great news and the well deserved. You know, Portland's a great city, soccer city, and I'm sure it's gonna they're gonna put on one heck of a show there. Well, Ivis, we've reached the end of the show. That means it's the SBIQ and A part. Uh, as always, everyone, if you listen to the show and you want your questions answered, just pay attention to uh, the Divis' Twitter feed, and he will send out a tweet. Usually, we do the show. Today's a random show. Usually, we do it at night, so we apologize for the randomness, but always uh, pay attention at night. That's why we record the show. First question is from Jonathan Del Cid. The question is, will Clint Dempsey leave Tottenham? Uh, right now, my money would be on no. He is not. I, I would. I would right now say it's really close to fifty-fifty. My, just my opinion. I, nothing I've heard, but it just seems like everyone's in a hurry to push him out of Tottenham. I think he's. I think he stays as of right this minute, this day. I would have him staying. Obviously, that could change. Uh, next question comes from Brian Kramer. So, if the U.S. wins the Gold Cup and the 2015 Gold Cup, do we get to see a playoff of the A team versus the B team for the Confederations Cup? Well, obviously, we know that's not true. But I will say that for those who aren't aware, if the same team wins both Gold Cups, there will be no playoff game. The 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 double the two-time champ will just go to the Confederations Cup in Russia in 2017. So, mark your calendars. Four years away. Uh, next question comes from uh, Brandon Marisak. Uh, should the USS, USSF enforce stricter guidelines for salaries between tiers of the pyramid? Okay. I know it, it's it's pretty obvious what that's about. You know, you have teams now in the NASL spending some money, uh, specifically the New York Cosmos. They're spending money. I really don't get why that is a problem. It really isn't. Um, it, there's absolutely no reason U.S. Soccer, uh, US Soccer Federation should should establish guidelines because they're, they're, what's the rule that says that an NASL has to pay less than MLS? I mean, that's ridiculous. That would that would create a, a true monopoly on things, right? And that's not the case. So uh, maybe that's a little wishful thinking, but I tell you what, that I don't see that happening ever. Uh, and the final question comes from John John Fur. If Beckham pulls the trigger on MLS Miami, what three DP signings would capture the hearts, minds of South Florida fans? Hmm. 
That's an interesting one. Let's think about it. Uh, how about Kaká? Uh, I don't know if Ronaldinho can make it to the by the time that Miami team would play. So I, normally I would say Ronaldinho, but I mean I don't know how many miles are left on that on that uh, on those wheels. So um, let's think. Let's think. Who uh, who are some of the that's a tough one, man. Drogba, Didier Drogba, I think is someone who you know. Yeah. He, I think he should come to the U.S. at some point for sure, and uh, I'm sure he. I, I know he loves Miami, so I don't think they would have a problem getting him to play there. So I think Kaká, Drogba, and then uh, that's a uh, hmm. Those are quite the names. Well, they're big names, right? And I mean, I think, and, and again, you're talking about a market that it's really tough to get a foothold in. I mean, it's you're competing against just the beautiful backdrop of, of going to the beach and enjoying the, enjoying being out, you know? So, um, I'm trying to think, it, I would say they're going to Latin America is going to be a market. Um, not necessarily Mexico. You know, Mexico is not, there's not a huge Mexican population in, in, in Miami. Miami is, you know, obviously more Caribbean, um, Caribbean slash South American. Uh, Claudio, how about Claudio Pizarro tapping into my, uh, my Peruvian brethren down there. So there you go. Although, although, although I don't know how many he's got left either, to be completely fair. Although he did just win a Champions League, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he can hang around for another couple of years. Yeah, no, it could be a couple of years before that actually happens. Well, Ivis, uh, as always, we appreciate everyone giving us questions for the SBI show. That wraps up the show today. If everyone looks is, is is listening to the show and wants extended U.S. men's national team coverage, as always, check the website soccerbyivis.net. Uh, today, Saturday, Sunday, keep checking it. Ivis will have information up. And, uh, Ivis, you enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, you too, my man. And I uh, hope you feel better. And uh, here's to another 50 shows, another great 50, and hopefully uh, on to bigger and better things. Well, I'm Actually, I'm, I'm a little worried. On Saturday, I'm going to be on a train, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to watch the game. I'm going to have to figure this one out. Tivo, man. Tivo's your friend. I know. Well, I, yeah, but I'm going to a hotel. That's the thing. I don't have like that sling box or anything like that. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Yeah, you no, that's the problem. Box. I might have to find a a website online somewhere that has the game. Not well. Not that we condone illegal no. streams. No, but, but, but you know, it, 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 yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'll be in the middle of the desert watching the game. It would be uh quite fascinating. <laughs> Uh, I, you know me, man. You know me. Also, I'm probably going to have nothing else to do on that train. I just, like I said, that wraps up the show. You have an excellent weekend. Don't worry about me. I'll have an excellent weekend, too. Everyone else, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Ivis and I will be back again on Monday morning with another show. Thank you for listening to the SBI Show.